Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed Podcast. Today's guest is a close friend, a buddy. He may not claim me, but I claim him as a buddy. He is a close friend. Let me introduce to you Paul Cole. I had the privilege of his, his family is very close to my family. His kids were with my family all the time. We would alternate picking up each of their kids after youth right. services. Uh, I've been with Paul about a thousand times. His wife was with my late wife about a thousand times. Yeah. There are so many places our lives intersect. His father was Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of the Christian Men's Network. Uh, his dad was an influencer on hundreds of thousands of men. I'm one of those. He was the third most influential male in my life. Mm-hmm. Edwin Lewis Cole I began attending the church I pastored. I was so intimidated to look out and see him off to my right in the back. I never could bring myself to say, um, I'm the pastor to Edwin Lewis Cole. And I would say, I am called the pastor. He would call me his pastor, a title I never yes, felt worthy did. of. Yes, he did. And then Paul Cole, his son, served on my board. Right. Evan Lewis Cole, and my board of the church that I served back in Dallas, Fort Worth at that time, uh, Evan Lewis Cole would make a statement. He said, a father can hand a son a ministry, but he cannot hand an anointing. Now, Paul Cole is the leader of that which his father originally started. But it's because the anointing is on Paul. Mm. He did not come by this easily. Mm. I have watched my brother in good times and bad. I've watched my brother Paul face some of the greatest most exciting moments of life i have seen him in some of the lowest and he is as steady as anybody i have ever been around the glass is always half full in fact to paul the glass is always full and so i've watched him in the heat and fire keep the joy of jesus i've learned from him uh i can't say that when i when things the chips have been down i've landed on my feet the way he does but it's remarkable. And he's now leader of the Christian Men's Network, a, a movement of men globally. He travels all over the world. This is going to be the call that most encourages you. We bring you so many times some really bad news or difficult news or challenging news, and we pray into that to put a stop to the evil work. I want to bring you great news tonight of yeah. what is happening among men over the entire globe. You're going to want to get on their website. You're going to want to get some of these books. You're going to want to find out how can we start a Christian men's network, a men's group in our church. I want you to get in touch with Paul. He can come, have him come to your church, have him come speak in whatever men's group you can in your city. Having said all that, Paul, welcome, Paul Cole. I'm so glad you're on here. Good having you. Tell us what's happening in the men's uh, ministry globally. Well, brother, that was, Jim, that was quite an introduction. I don't even know if I have anything now because it was... <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, I'm an Acts 217 guy, Jim. Uh, when you talk about the cup half full, it is full. And you're right. I believe in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on, as they say in Texas, Jim, they say, uh, on all y'all. I believe the God pours out his spirit on all flesh. Joel 3.9 says, wake up the mighty men. Prepare for battle. Because we're in a war. And one of the things we haven't done well within our local churches is we haven't built men into warriors. I refer you to uh, quickly to Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And this is one of those correction points that we all get to when we're trying to become a more mature person. And this is Israel thinking, yeah, we got it together. It's the same thing that all of us have said at one time or another, right, Jim? Hey, I got it. I know what to do. I'm good. Sort of like when Jonah was in the whale, right? At the end of chapter one, it says he was in there for three days. And at the start of chapter two, it says, and then Jonah prayed. <laughs> because he tried this and he tried that. And then it was like, hey, I've got to pray. That's why the World Prayer Network is so key, so vital, so important what you and Rosemary are doing and your sister Judy and the other team members uh, of Wellversed and of the World Prayer Network, because this, this changes things. So let me f- refer you then to Isaiah 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says this, God's correcting Israel. It says, okay, you think you can do it on your own? He says, I'll take from you your security. There's different translations. 
essentially it's look at it this way. It says, I'll take from you your security, your supply of bread, and your supply of water. Now that speaks of in chapter 3, verse 1 of Isaiah. It speaks of the presence of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, security, bread, water. And then he says, I'll take two things out of your culture that will start the tip over. This is what, it's kind of like, uh, Jim, you're, you grew up on a farm, you, you've done lumbering, you've done all these outdoor things and tractor things and all this stuff. So you know that when you start to, if you want to take a tree down, you cut a notch and that begins the tipping of that tree. And then it's just a simple cut and that thing's gone. And he says, I'll take two things out. And this is the notch that so will tip over every culture. He says, I'll take two things out. I'll take your hero and your warrior. Your hero and your warrior. Jim, every great culture has been built on the character of its heroes and the courage of its warriors. Mm -hmm. The character of its heroes and the courage of its warriors. True of every great culture. True of every great family. And Jim, it's true of every great church. If we're going to rebuild the gates, if we're going to be Nehemiah in our culture, we have to build men who are heroes and warriors. And if you will, in our culture today, what we've created basically, and you and I know this, we've trained most pastors to preach sermons. And I'm speaking as a pastor and two pastors. I was a businessman when you were my pastor for years. I was a businessman and I learned from you <laughs> pastoring what I, and then I felt it, that it was, is so very personal. It's just so very personal and, and it's a calling. And, but for most of us, we're trained how to be a pastor. And most of us are trained how to preach sermons, not how to disciple men. So most men are trained how to listen to sermons, not how to study the word of God. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've raised up a generation of illiterate childish men in the pews of our churches. In fact, I, I would say it this way without, uh, I know, you know, I always speak in a lot through men, in front of men. So as Greg knows, uh, we can be a little more uh, strident in some of our declarations. But the fact is, we've raised up a generation of boys with beards. We've gen raised up a generation of soft Christian men that you can't look at and say, hi, I need you to stand here and, and take a punch. I need you to stand here and fight with me. And it's, uh, if you will, it's, again, Acts 2.17, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Because when David's men showed up in that cave of Adullam, Jim, they were not mighty men. But after spending time with David, and in fact, David at the time wasn't a mighty man. So he reproduced what was in his heart. So what we have to do is raise up mighty men. And what's happening now around the world, I just got back from Mexico City, we were in Argentina a few weeks ago. Uh, being on a World Prayer Network is fantastic because we follow you. And, and with Christian Men's Network around the world, we're, we're not only for you, we follow you, pray with you. And every time I look on, on uh, social media, you're with the president of something or the, the premier of something else or this man or this person or that person. I'm like, man, this thing's got legs. It's getting things done. You, you and Rosemary have done a great job. But the bottom line, Joel 3.9, wake up the mighty men. So here's what's happening. Let me just give you a couple. Can I just give you a little background thing? And then go from there, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me speak about the nation I'm in. Because the, the issues that we face in, in America, we, I live in the United States. Uh, probably 80% of our ministry is global. We're, we're in over 100 countries and over 48 languages now. And, but it's the same stuff. Men deal with the same things fatherlessness is the leading indicator of poverty yeah, yeah. in every culture of the world every culture the leading indicator of poverty and i can go through a litany of things fatherlessness is the number one issue here in america and and let me just give you some stats here because fatherlessness is produced by childishness first corinthians 13 says it says when i became it says when i was a child i thought acted spoke as a child that's sort of the ready, fire, aim that most men live. And then it says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So what our goal is to raise up men who are no longer childish. But the childishness of men in our culture is proven in a couple of things. Check this out. 
One out of every four men in America that are at the age of 30, okay? Think of a 30-year-old young man, 30-year-old man. One out of four is still living with his mom. Oh. The average age of maturity, according to, even according to the APA, American Psychology Association, which miss may be the only thing we would agree with them on, uh, is the average age of maturity is 29 in the United States. Oh. One out of every four men that walk into our churches who are married are in an adulterous affair. It's well, what, that, what that, repeat that? What you said? One out of every four men, and this is the Wall Street Journal just came out with the stat. They said it was a 19.5%, and they said it's probably larger. So I'm figuring one out of five to one out of every four men that walk into our churches, Jim, are in some sort of adulterous affair. In the same way, we know that one out of every five women who walk into a local church have had an abortion. So we're dealing with this brokenness, and we're dealing with 70%. 70% of all divorces right now are initiated by women. 70%. And here's another stat. that just This will blow you away because you and I don't live this way. When, when the lockdowns began a couple of years ago, do you know the birth rate went down? This shocked me. I thought, man, everybody's going to spend all this time together. There's going to be all these COVID babies, and there's not. Why? Because men and women spent too much time together. And spending time together just ruined romance. And, and when we watched 70% of the women then initiating divorce, why? Because she grew up, Jim, and he didn't. Now, Here's the flip side of all those stats, because there's a lot of staggering things you can look at and say, man, everything's bad, everything's wrong, everything's going to hell. Well, that's how the people in Nehemiah's day could have felt, and yet Nehemiah knew a king. And what changed everything for Nehemiah was who he knew. And what changes everything for you and me is we know a king, soon coming king, and his spirit is on the earth. Okay, let me give you a couple stats. Right now in Argentina, we have 4,000 churches that are full engaged, fully, fully engaged in a men's movement. 4,000 churches in Argentina. I talked to one pastor. He stood up in front of a whole group, and he said, four years ago, I had eight men in my church. Today, I have 463. Mm. He said, because I went from having a passion to having a process. Now, the reason we believe in a process and the reason that you have you're a process person. You're a process pastor. The reason we believe in that is because the process is always about Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, it's just a program. But the process is about Jesus. Because what men don't need is more information. What men don't need is more inspiration. What they need is an incarnation of Christ and an impartation of the Holy Spirit. But where that, am I? What, right? Run that, run that last two sentences again. Men okay. don't, don't need more. In fact, let me, let me say it this way. Most ministry to men is based on information, which produces inspiration, and Greg knows this, and easily becomes evaporation. What the ministry to men has to be is an impartation of Christ, the incarnation of Christ in their lives, and a transformation in lifestyle. See, when a man has a revelation of Jesus Christ, everything changes. I'm going to break you. I want you, that, that is so profound, so significant. I want you to rewind that little paragraph right there because there's people writing down and trying to keep up with you, for one thing. And then also, you're, there, there's some people who are listening. It's the, what you're saying right there, that's going to be the life change point for how they okay. operate. So repeat that, and then I'll try not to keep interrupting you. But no, 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 no. You and I. This is a conversation. So uh, because I want to talk in a moment about how this man the other day asked me what he should do as a man. Uh, most ministry to men is built on information, and trying to just stuff it in there. That and and then information easily becomes inspiration. Bam, we're fired up, and then easily becomes evaporation. Now. A revelation of Christ, the incarnation of his presence, and the impartation of his spirit in a man's heart produces a transformation in lifestyle. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart, because from your heart comes your life. We say it this way, what you put in your heart is what you'll do with your hands. That's the issue with secret addictions, 
with pornography and other things that people think, oh yeah, it's just a private thing. But you know, my dad taught you and I that private, revel private philosophy becomes public performance. Private philosophy becomes public performance. So a man asked me the other day, he said, what should I do? So what, what do you mean? He said, yeah, what should I do? Wants to, I said, the better question is why are you here? Why are you on the earth? What's your design? From design comes definition or identity. Identity is the story you tell yourself about yourself. And too many of us, Jim, have been telling ourselves a story that somebody else wrote the lyrics to. So from design comes definition. That's how you make then decisions. So the action, what a man does with his hands, always comes from his heart. And the problem with religion is it tried to shape our hands without dealing with our heart. What Jesus did with men always is deal first with their heart. He didn't try to clean their hands before they got their heart right. And so what we, what we see now around the world is a, uh, a burgeoning men's movement that God's doing. Christian Men's Network is a part of that. With uh, about a million men a month, a little more than a million men every month going through these materials that we have with Christian Men's Network. CMN.men is the website. Uh, and being Wait, say, say that website again, because I want them to go to that. CMN what? CMN.men. Don't go to CNN. Go to CMN, <laughs> Christian Men's Network, CMN.men, CMN Punta Men. And right there, you can get the tools for discipling men, because that's the only answer for the future, Jim, is discipling men, to raise up fathers who know how to love their children, to raise up a next generation who knows how to uh, leave a legacy. You know, what you do in life becomes history, but what you put into motion becomes your legacy. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the sort of classic text, is your rudimentary, most foundational text still maximized manhood? manhood? Yeah, that, that would be the, the focal point. We just translated that into about 14 languages, including Farsi and Urdu. That's Pakistan, part, uh, Iran, parts of Turkestan, other parts of the world, and London and Los Angeles, where there's about a million Farsi-speaking people in both those cities. Uh, that, that's the, if you will say, the core uh, interpretation of what we do, but really the core is 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, is Paul telling this young protege of his, which he's putting in charge of a pretty significant church. And he says, Timothy, the, the things that I've taught you, teach these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Four generations, what I've taught you, that's Paul, what I've taught you, that's Timothy, teach faithful men who will be able, that's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we trust, when, when Jesus, remember when Jesus uh, healed that demoniac guy, Gadarenes, uh, Mark 5? Actually, you probably know it in Greek, but, uh, but when Jesus healed that man, you remember the end of it? It says, it says uh, when he healed that man and the man says, I want to follow you. And he says, no, 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 no. Go tell your family and tell everybody else what happened to you. And then it says that the man went to the 10 cities, the Decapolis. You've been there. Damascus down to Philadelphia, 10 cities. Okay, He told a man who had been demon-possessed to go tell everybody that he had met Jesus. All he had, Jim, was a story. I was lost, I'm found. I was blind, I see. I was in darkness, now I have hope because I met Jesus. And history records, Josephus records, that about 40 years after that miracle, when all the Christians and followers of the way had to run for their lives. Josephus recorded, recorded that in 70 AD, 69, 70 AD, when they had to run for their lives, they found refuge, churches, help, and Christian families in an area of the world called the Decapolis. I know some disciples went there, but so did that guy. And I believe that 40 years before they, it was ever needed, Jesus put into motion something that would bless his followers and his his lineage 40 years later. God's always a God of strategy. When you talk about a million men are using materials every month, oh, over a million, you said. Yeah. 
Uh, that is stunning, and, and people are going to want to sew into that. How do they support you is one question. And then second question, right hand, you mentioned Argentina, you mentioned Mexico. What are some of the countries around the world you've been to seeing firsthand this life transformation? Yeah, over, over 100 countries. I'll give you a couple stories, one from Indonesia where we have actually graduated and you're a numbers person. You're a factual person. I know you and Rosemary, that's how you are. I know that's Judy particularly is that way. It's, give me the facts. And the facts are we, by actual count, we've graduated over 1 million men just in Indonesia through the Maximized Manhood oh. training. Oh. Now, uh, and thank you, Jim. You've been, you were one of those men that, that helped us walk through some difficult times and said, relaunch this thing after my father passed away. Uh, 20 years ago now, and 15 years ago, we relaunched this ministry to men. Uh, Brazil, let me give you a story there. There's a, we've got somewhere, I think Marco said, somewhere around 7,200 small groups, men's groups across Argentina right now. Excuse me, across Brazil right now. About a little over 7,000 groups, and he's pushing for 10,000 by the end of next year. Uh, men's groups meeting in churches, and we're always, we're very, we're Christ-centered, but church-centric. So, um, so these two, this couple stood up in Curitiba, Brazil. It was Jose and Maria because it's a harsh J in Portuguese. So Jose and Maria, Jose and Maria stood up, <clears throat> and Maria's wonderful, very sweet-looking lady, and Maria and jo and Jose stand up, and they're talking about how the ministry changed their lives and changed their marriage and brought their family back together because he was an idiot, you know. So, so uh, she gets up and she says every day, listen to this, every day she said every day. For 10 years, I would wake up in the morning and I would pray, dear God, please make me a widow. She would pray that every morning, dear God, please make me a widow. So uh, Josie gets up and she talks about the ministry and then Jose gets up and he says, well, I thank God for the ministry brought our family back together. And apparently it also saved my life. <laughs> so. Thanks. Those are some of the amazing stories. I, I could just tell you story after story after story, because at the end of the day, the way the world will change and the way God's changing the world is one person at a time. You know, you talk about biblical justice. Uh, you and I travel quite a bit. When I sit on an airplane next to somebody and they say, what do you do? You know, which is usually the second question. Where are you from? What do you do? I always say, we're a biblical justice mission focused on defeating fatherlessness and ending child abuse, stopping human trafficking. I'm like, wow, how do I get to be a part of that? And then my, my theme then with them is every child deserves a loving dad. Because that's really what we do. When you change the heart of a man, you change a father, you change a son, you change the future, you, ch you change uh, basically everything begins to work right. You know, Paul said this, he said, you have 10,000 instructors. Remember this to the Church of Corinth? I'm asking, now it's a funny line, excuse me. I, I usually say this to, to audiences, but I would never say this to Dr. Garlow. Do you remember this in the Bible? <laughs> it's a funny bit. Anyway, there's a, there's a story where um, Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and he, he, he wants to portray to them how much he loves them. And he says, you know, you've got 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers. And, and the key is this, an instructor tells you what he knows, but a father gives you who he is. That's why Jesus said to pray this way, our father who art in heaven. Why? Because it was the highest image he could put in our minds of who he is to us. So that's Christian Men's Network. That's what we do. If you're going to change human trafficking, as an example, one of our partners is A21. You're, you know, uh, we have mutual friends here with Chris and Nick Kane, uh, working on human trafficking. And really, they work on the supply side. Uh, what we're working on is the demand side. And that is, if you can lower the demand, there'll be less of supply, because then traffickers won't be kidnapping people. And so we're working on the hearts of men. If we can change the demand side, then we change the effects of it on the other side. And so when you talk about a biblical justice mission, you know, that's, that's what we're doing, Jim. That's what we're about. Paul, I know some people who are our age, I'm older than you, 
but our age and older, who suffered from a father wound. Uh, and though they're high visibility people, um, the father wound still so grips them that when they enter into casual conversation, they will bring up with frequency the fact of how their dad mistreated them. Yeah. And, and here they are, they're involved in ministry with other people and they're, they're, they're just really good people, wonderful people. And yet that father wound is so strong. You and I grew up with godly dads. Yeah. And it makes it, and I, I, I just, I, I don't even, I can't even think of a weakness in my dad. He was so godly. And, and his oh, he, whole was, he was a remarkable man and he had those powerful hands. <laughs> you know, from working the land and uh, <laughs> Bertus, he was uh, an amazing man. Yep, my dad, his name was yeah. Bertus, and an uh, unusual name. In yeah. fact, his name was Bertus, and he got tired of spelling it. My mom got tired of spelling Winifred, so they named us Janie, Judy, Jimmy, Bobby, and Billy. And his hands, I, I, as you know, I, I had a sculptor, Scott Stearman, came in and made yeah. bronze cast of those hands. So I have those hands there in, in my home here wow. now of his hands, even though he's been, he passed away in 1990. Probably, probably next to your collection of John Deere tractor models. <laughs> you, I'm not, I'm trying not to give anything away, but I just <laughs> The farmer is still within me. But here's, how, how, how does a guy get healing? There's, there's some men listening right now who have a father wound. Yeah. And, and they, they can't quite seem to get over it. And, and there's some women married to some men yeah. who have a father wound. And they're wondering, will he ever get healed? What would you say to those men, or how would you encourage even their their wives? Well, again, I think it's process. So I wouldn't try to give you something that's just like, hey, this is going to be magic. But I will give you something that I've seen change men's lives. I had a man walk up to me, and it was in um, Kalispell, Montana. And he was a big burly guy. It was a Sunday morning. We had just had a meeting on Saturday. And I had taught on the power of forgiveness, something from John 20, chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, where Jesus spoke life over the disciples. It was one of his appearances after his resurrection. And he spoke life over them, breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And he said, whatever sins you forgive are forgiven or released. And whatever sins you retain are retained. And he's speaking about their hearts. And I, and I ministered on that. And I had men forgive their dads and forgive their fathers and release it out of their heart because Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart. Remember we talked about heart and hands. Your hands end up doing what's in your heart. Your life comes out of your heart. And if you hold bitterness in your heart, in your heart, you become that. Why do the sons of alcoholics so often become alcoholics? Because they've maintained that bitterness and that anger in their heart, and they end up becoming what they hated. We've seen it a hundred times. So this man walks up to me, big guy, Montana guy, you know, and he walks up to me on a Sunday morning and it's kind of gruff. Hey, he goes, Hey, I just need to thank you. And I said, really? Yeah, great. Grabbed my hand, shook my hand. It actually shook me. Right. And he said, I want to thank you for yesterday. I said, what happened? He said, uh, he said, when I, was, when I was a young man, I didn't know who my dad was. When I was 13, my cousin told me my dad actually lived in a town nearby. He said, it, I, I didn't know what to do. My mom didn't want to talk about it. I didn't know if I should go meet him. When I was 19 years old, I went over, walked into a bar, stood in front of my dad and said, hey, I'm your son. He said, that man swore at me, cursed at me, told me to get out of there never find him again, and uh, said, this, make sure your mom never calls me again. He said, I walked out of there mad, angry. He said, I'm 60 years old, and from that day until now, I've woken up every morning angry, mad. He said, it was like a claw on my head. Oh, my. He said, yesterday, <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, yesterday, he said, uh, I went to that man's grave. He said, after the meeting, he said, I stood in front of that grave and I forgave him. And I said, I forgive you for everything. And I release that out of my heart. And I know that you didn't, you didn't know better. And, and I just, I forgive you. And I, re, I release it out of my heart. And he prayed over that. He prayed over that man's grave and he forgave him. 
This is a man who been through, he said, I've been through multiple relationships and he told me some of this stuff. And he said, Jim, he said, this morning I woke up and for the first time in 40 years, I didn't have that claw on my head. He said, I didn't have that, that anger in my life. He said, something changed. And then he started getting emotional like I am now. And he sort of shook my hand and he went, all right, so thanks. He sort of turned around and left. And uh, I, I, I've got to tell you, I've seen that. Greg and I have seen that thousands of times in men around the world. The power. Oh, this, is a, this is such a sacred. Power of the cross. Uh, it's such a sacred moment. I want you to lead in prayer for men who are yeah. listening right now. And yeah. for them, even though they're listening electronically, they're, they're listening, they're watching on their computer screens or whatever. Yeah. This can be a moment of healing. Would you pray for them right now? Father, we know right now, unbound by space or time, that right now there's a brother, a friend, perhaps even a, a young lady or a, a mom who's listening to this, and that thing has just stayed there. That little thing has, that little cut, that little wound has stayed there. We try to cover it up. We try to assuage it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you in the same way that Jesus imparted the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit on those disciples. I ask you for my friend right now as they pray, that they would receive an impartation of your presence and your spirit to give them the power, strength, and boldness to speak healing over their own lives. You said to Ezekiel over that valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37, you said, speak life. So, Father, I pray right now, let my friend be able to speak life over their lives and forgive the one who's hurt them. Father, right now, we speak life. Jim, Greg, all of us speak life right now over your life. And if you're watching, you're listening right now, wherever you are, God, the presence of the Holy Spirit is alive right now. Unbound by space or time, no matter where you are right now, he is there. You can't have gone anywhere. He's not there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now. You're with my friend. And as they, say, as they say, forgive me, and I forgive him. Father, I pray right now that there's something that lifts off their spirit. You begin, begin the healing process of their hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, Jesus I want to agree with that. I just want to put a seal of the Holy Spirit over what Paul has shared and what he's prayed. Jesus. This is not the route we plan to go with this interview lord but this is what you orchestrated so you're in a healing process with with perhaps many men and many women across this network right now Jesus. who have wounds and deep pains father wounds mm -hmm. in their in their lives and by faith father i i just see a focusing of holy spirit power the the the, the healing finger of jesus going to the wounded areas in their lives right now, those hurt places, and that that balm of Gilead, that that yes. stab of the Holy Spirit, touch there, and and healing mm. take place in the spirit, in the psyche, in, in their emotional cells, in their spiritual cells, mm. that that there there be such a moment of healing that they recognize a weight has come off this very very moment. Because yeah. they had an encounter with you, the living God. Jesus. May somehow the recognition of an earthly father who's wounded, a heavenly father, the only one that can ultimately heal, is right there for them, arms wrapped around Jesus. with his loving kindness, his chesed, that, that love of God that will never let go, wrapped tightly around that man, that woman right now. In the name of Jesus, we declare victory over what the evil one has done all these years. And Jesus. in place of it, they yes. receive the affirmation of a heavenly father that sets them free. Yeah. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray. Jesus, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. 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 Jim, oh. let me just add something to that. I prayed with that man. He, he made sure he connected with the local pastor where I was. Make sure you're connected with, if you're a man, a band of brothers. Make sure you connect with somebody who can pray with you about this. 
Don't let the enemy steal this victory. Uh, be with somebody. Get in your local church. Call your pastor. Say, hey, something happened. And seal this thing in the anointing and power of God. Oh, Paul Cole, being with you on this call makes me realize how much I miss hanging out with you. Uh, I used to live in Dallas, Fort Worth, near, very close to where he lived. And I get to see him a lot. And uh, man, I'll tell you, just being with you right now, I miss you, my brother. I love yeah. you. Yeah. You're a you're a jewel and a, you're a friend. And uh, we, we get to watch what we get to watch what you and Rosemary do, and it's it's really been it's, it's just been amazing what's happened as you have stepped into uh, you and Rosemary stepped into a calling without question. So I, we've watched it. It's been a journey. Well, thank you. So you you helped walk through with me when when Carol passed away, and you guys were very very close to her, and you, yeah, you helped see me come back to health, and then the Lord brought rosemary and exceeded any expectations so i'm a blessed man but we love you and judy and your your kids and your grandkids uh we praise god for you greg berg i planned to bring you on earlier i didn't know we were going to go into this ministry time or the father one greg berg is a member of the well-versed board a key player for us and he was heavily involved in the future conference in washington dc he was just with us on a trip to turkey in greece i don't know how where I'd have been without it. He helped us so many ways on that trip. I won't even list all the ways. So Greg, I'm spoiled. I don't want to travel with you, but we first met through Christian Men's Network yeah. and through Edmund Lewis Cole. And then our friendship has been sustained through Paul Cole and the Christian Men's Network. Yeah, uh, Greg, Greg and I, I have the, the pleasure of traveling many places together. It's been pretty amazing. Greg, we've got to close off this one, but what do you want to say as we cap off this meeting with Paul Cole and this report of the Christian Men's Network. Greg? One of the things that Dr. Paul Cole has said this year, hope is alive, hope has a name, hope's name is Jesus. And we know from the teaching of his father that when we build strong men, we build strong families. Strong families build strong uh, churches, strong churches build strong communities, and strong communities build strong nations. But it all begins by building the strong man. And our mutual friend, Darlene, Said, said, women feel safe when men worship God. Yeah, it's a good one. Dr. Paul, do we, do we have an opportunity that men might be able to come together uh, in November? Yeah, yeah, we've got cmn.men. You can see we have a yearly leadership equipping thing. Pastor Jim, Dr. Garlow, you've spoken a number of times at that. And uh, so we have that uh, lion's roar, we call it, cmnsummit.com. So just go to cmn.men and uh, you'll see that it's an amazing and remarkable time. I was at uh, Paul. I, I, I wasn't going to. I was going to surprise you and just show up this year. I thought I'm going to because I've missed a number of years. You've been gone, and I, you, I've spoken in the past, but I haven't been there for a little while. So I thought I'm going to surprise Paul and just show up. <laughs> never realized, oh my goodness, we're not even in the country. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't go to it. So so sorry on that. Well, you got to cap off and that. What we're going to do right now, we're just going to roll into more prayer right now. Let's continue in the spirit of prayer. Thank you, guys. That was great. <clears throat> we have um, Gary Sawyer, who's a pastor from Upper State, New York, and he's one of Jim's uh, longtime college friends and used to sing in a quartet together and has a wonderful ministry. So we're going to ask um, Gary to pray, followed by Bruce Robach who is also one of part of the leadership of Christian Men's Network. And then Otto Kelly, who's pastor from Houston, Texas. And uh, except for Gary, all of the men that are gonna pray tonight we are part of Christian Men's Network. So we're so grateful for that. So we'll have Gary, Bruce, Otto, and then um, Kingsley Walker will do worship. So Gary. Hey. Oh, Lord God, our hearts are, oh, the uh, need is so great. Holy Spirit, we desperately need you. We desperately need you. We're asking God that Malachi 4 would be true in this day, turning the hearts of men to their children and the hearts of children to the dads, to the parents. And Lord, we've heard tonight about men uh, becoming warriors yeah. for good and for righteousness. Oh, God, uh, raise up 
an army of warriors for God that can make a difference in the culture, but more than that, Lord, in the homes with their children, with their wives, Lord Jesus, we're asking for a major moving of your Holy Spirit across our land and around this world. Do it, we pray. We uh, recognize that there are men all around us in our churches, in our communities that have deep, deep wounds and hurts. And Lord Jesus, we're asking, in fact, we're speaking the healing virtue of Jesus deep into the hearts of the men around us. In our own hearts, Lord, uh, you know about these areas of woundedness and these areas of shame that so easily uh, reside and destroy the calling and purposes of God on hearts and lives. And we're praying, God, for healing and for forgiveness in these areas. And Lord, we're asking that you would raise up men who would walk with integrity in the marketplace, uh, men who would uh, be men of honor, that men who could stand tall with honor and integrity, raise up that group of men in this day to make a difference in the world that we live in, Lord Jesus. And we're asking for influence, for righteousness. We're asking for men to have godly mentors and to become godly mentors who will love their families and love their wives. And Lord, uh, we recognize that uh, nothing is too great for you. And we're saying, Lord God, would you do this in our day and use us and raise up countless numbers of men who will be totally sold out to you to make a difference in the lives of their families and in the lives of other men around them. Thank you, God. You're the one who can help us. And we're committing this all to you. And we want to be a part of the solution, God. Continue that work of transformation in each of our lives as we purpose to be influencers over the lives of others for the gospel and for righteousness' sake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Father, we thank you that we can come here uh, tonight together. And um, it's an honor and a privilege. It's not something we take lightly. And we don't do it without your spirit. We don't do it without your presence. And we don't want to do anything without your spirit and without your presence. And, and your word is so powerful. And your word does the work in our lives. It does the work in others' lives. And we pray for the word in people's lives. And it does the work. And we thank you that Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, uh, that his mother taught him as an oracle. And it says, speak up for those who have no voice. So we speak up for those who have no voice. That's that's what it's all about, God. We speak up for those who have no voice. So open up our mouths, open up our mouths and give us the words to speak, God. Give the men that come to the conference the words to speak, God. And it says, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. There's many dispossessed in our world, God. And there's arenas that are touched by every man that is coming through the next three days, God. Um, so let's open up our mouth and speak up for the justice for all those who are dispossessed, dispossessed, because they're they're passing away if we don't if we don't help them. And then it also says, speak up, open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. And and God, so that's what we do. And so God, as we do that. Um, your word also says in Proverbs uh, 13, 14, it says a wise man's instruction. We have a wise man's instruction. We've heard a wise man's instruction from Paul Cole tonight, from, from Dr. Jim Garlow, and from all those that are they're praying on here. So we have that wise man's instruction, but so many men and women do not have that. So God, we dig deep and we wrestle with what you have for us to do, God. And as men come, let them not just come to sit in chairs and take it in, but let them come to wrestle with you. Let them come to receive from you. Let them come with creative and innovative plans and visions and dreams and and uh, what what can they do in their community? What can they do in their business? What can they do in their church? And what can they do to transform the hearts of men around the world? And 
God, we do this because Proverbs 24, 10 says, if you do nothing in difficult times, your strength is limited. In some translations, your word says, how small is your strength? Well, our strength ought to be very big because you are a big God. So we take on the big strength that you have, God, to give us because it's a, an enormous task to rescue those who are being uh rescue those who are being slain and those who are being slaughtered and they're stumbling towards what they do not know. So we're here to help God. We're here to raise up the mighty men, here to raise up the mighty men to to the warriors and the heroes to change and transform our culture and our nation. So God, uh, speak your words to those speakers, even as they have stuff planned to say and, and speak and uh, God, you speak to them and speak your voice uh, clearly through them so that all may know that you are God and that um, you are um, you are going to do tremendous things through each of the men that come. And each man that comes represents thousands and thousands of men that lives will be touched around the world. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, Father, we come before you asking for your guidance and direction and thanking you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, that each man that's coming, that you have uniquely handcrafted, Lord God, to be an extension of your goodness on this planet. And so, Father, I just pray that um, as we gather, Lord, as men coming together this weekend, Lord God, there would be a sensitivity to your spirit. Father, even as you told Jesus uh, after he was baptized, you're my son, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. Father, I just pray that there would be a supernatural identification coming from you to these men. Because most men, a lot of men simply just don't know who they are, Father. They don't know that they're sons of the Most High God. And so, Father, I'm asking that your spirit of goodness, your spirit of kindness, Father, your spirit of, of proclamation would speak over them that they are your sons. And as a result of that, Lord God, you, you, um, you, you want them to, to know that they're identified by you, that they're your son. And uh, that you're pleased with them, Lord God, despite their, their actions may uh, implicate otherwise, Lord God, imply other things. But Lord, we, we know the important things is to speak to who they are, not to who they aren't. And we declare, Lord God, that, that they're, they're your sons and that you've set them apart, Lord God, uniquely to do a work God, that only they can do. Father, your word tells us that Paul told uh, the, the brothers and sisters in Ephesus, Lord God, that you chose them in you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in your sight. It's in love, Lord God, you predestined them to be adopted as your children, as your sons. And so, Father, I just pray that there would be a, uh, a proclamation of sonship, Lord God, over these men as they come and gather in your glorious name for the purpose of being identified and then walking out like Jesus walked out, um, the purpose for which you've given uh, us life, Lord. So I just pray that tonight. I pray that for this weekend. And I thank you again, Father, for the honor of being a part of, of, of this prayer, this global prayer tonight, specifically for men who uh, desperately need to know who they are, God. Um, we just thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We pray for this and, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we honor you. We love you. We simply adore you. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to come into the homes, into the the cars, into the backyards, front yards, wherever the individuals are receiving this, your message, these, your golden nuggets from these, your men and women of God on tonight, internationally around the globe, we simply thank you. Father, we pray that these, your people have been edified. Father, we pray that you've been glorified and that the devil has been horrified even the more. Father, we thank you that men around the globe young men around the globe, will loose the spirit of fatherlessness, will loose, we, we bind the hands of the enemy right now, Father God, that no man, no, no young man, no young woman will go without a mentor, that of a father anymore, Father. We can't end it today, but Father, as we take steps, these your men who are on the front lines fighting and battling, Father, with your spirit to end this pandemic, this epidemic that we've had for so long. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for always giving us what we need as men to lead. Father, we thank you that, that Paul reminded Timothy that 
that God didn't, didn't give him the spirit of timidity that he was feeling. It came from either Timothy's own baggage, his own history, his own past, or it came from the pits of hell itself. Father, you equipped them with love, power, and a sound mind. We thank you, Father, that the men who have received these words, these prayers, these equipping moments on tonight and this morning, afternoon, no matter where you are receiving it, we thank you that these things have been received by these your men. The love, the relational ingredient that enables us as men to attract and connect with other men. Father, we thank you for it. The power that Timothy received, Father, that gives the courage for these men to comprehend and get the job done. Not a spirit of half doing the job, but finishing that which we've started. And then, Father, sound mind. That's the perspective that we as men need and utilize with the wisdom to grasp a vision and take the right steps to complete it. Father, we simply ask that you continue doing what you've been doing in the lives of these, your people, as they listen in and watch from all over the globe. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing this evening and this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are. It is in your son's matchless name we do pray that Lion's Roar continues in this moment and releases men from that which they've been bound by. It's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ we do pray. We say amen. Amen. I'm in agreement. Yeah, my name is John Bowman. I'm a pastor at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And 22 years ago, at the age of 35, I got saved. And the first program that I went through was Maximize Manhood. And I can tell you that the last 22 years of my life have been a whole lot better than the 35 before that. And so having Jesus in your life is a whole lot better than not having Jesus in your life. I can tell you that. So I was always successful but I was uh, selfishly successful. And now I'm a different kind of successful because God will make up for lost time. So I just want to encourage whatever age you're at, you know, whether you're Timothy at a young age, and uh, I'd encourage you to make the most of it. And uh, you've got a long way ahead of you. Or if you're 35 or 40, you know, I have experienced an accelerated timeline from God because uh, he'll make up for lost time. He'll heal those wounds. He'll use your past experiences and things that you've been through for the kingdom of God. He'll redeem your story and the things that you've been through. So it doesn't matter if you've been to prison. It doesn't matter if you uh, have wasted your time. If you have uh, trouble forgiving yourself or others, I just encourage you to lean in to this moment, lean into the teachings, make the most of it because God wants to take you to a whole nother level. And I'm telling you, you can go to a whole nother level, not on your own strength, but because you have the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is a game changer. The moment I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, and um, I just encourage you just uh, as I pray, I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to just come upon everyone. And uh, I love John 10, 10. Jesus said, it's the devil that comes to kill, steal and destroy the things that have happened to you in your life, the things that have happened that have been negative. Uh, God didn't do that to you. He allowed it to happen but he'll also redeem it and turn it to good and for his glory. Uh, but Jesus came to give you life and give it more abundantly. So as I pray, just have an expectation. As you go to Lion's Roar, as you listen to great teachings and great leaders, uh, lean into that moment and just gather uh, because it's transforming your mind, it's renewing your mind, and you're becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. So let's be in agreement. Hallelujah. 
Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what's taking place. I thank you for these leaders. I thank you for Lion's Roar. I thank you for the legacy of Ed Cole. I thank you for my friendship with Paul Cole and what he has been able to do as a legacy and take it to another level. I thank you for all the leaders and his board and all those that are involved in this conference, the speakers and teachers and all those that are impacting uh, the kingdom of God all over the world. You say if we lack wisdom to ask and you'll give it generously. So I ask you for generous wisdom for our leaders, for the participants, for those that are involved, for those that are putting on this conference. I thank you for the technology being in order and there will be no issues. Everything will be in order in place. Uh, transitions will happen smoothly. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. And we just speak it into existence. We bind the devil and demon forces that have come to kill, steal, and destroy. But you say you came to give us life and give it more abundantly. So we lose life. We lose abundance right now in Jesus' name. We lose your angels to go forth and bring to pass your word, your promises in the lives of the men that are in this conference, Father God, that their lives will be transformed and changed, that their marriages will be transformed and changed, that their children and their children's children will be blessed and changed, that generational curses are broken in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you are going to redeem their stories, that you are going to redeem their households and their families, their jobs, that nothing was wasted. But as they are transformed and changed, I thank you that you're going to take them to another level, that they will serve you mightily, that you're going to open doors that no man can shut. I thank you for divine connections that throughout this conference and throughout their lives, Father God, you are going to bring the right people into their lives. You're going to bring the right people across their paths. That, Father God, you're going to give them ideas. You're going to give them uh, creativity. You're going to uh, open up their dreams to be fulfilled, Father God, not just for themselves, but for the kingdom of God and for your glory. So we just thank you in advance for victory. We thank you that we already have victory through Jesus Christ. And in everything we do, we do it unto you and we do it to bring you glory. So let us glorify you through everything we do, and we speak this out in the mighty name of Jesus and give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, we thank you, Father, for today. For, Father, this is the day that you have made. Father, we choose to rejoice. Father, as an act of our will, Father, and out of obedience to your word, Father, we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that you have wonderfully created us to be men and women of God. We thank you that you have called us to be heroes and to be warriors in our culture today. We thank you that you've called us to be different. But even though we might have John 3.16 taped to our refrigerator, even though we've got John 10.10 taped to the dashboard of our car, if we don't have a living personal relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the thousands of blessings in the Bible are not ours. So man that's listening live or you that are listening afterwards, if you've never dedicated your life to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I would ask you to look inward and say this to Jesus. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I want to be the type of man that these men have talked about this evening. Forgive me of my sins, cleanse my heart, and begin the process of making me into the hero and the warrior that you desire me to be. Heal me from the inside out. Allow me to love my wife and my children in a more beautiful way. If you said that today, I believe that Jesus came to live in your heart, that the Holy Spirit is within you. And I pray that you would contact us at Wellverse at the World Prayer Network and let us know of the decision you made tonight. We applaud you and we congratulate you. And we want to strengthen you by making sure that you have the resources in your hands to grow 
and to prosper and to be all that God has called you to be. Man of God, we pray for you. We pray for you on a daily basis. We lift you up to our heavenly father and we call you brother because you are a child of the most high God. We thank you for that decision that you've made tonight. It's the best decision that you've ever made or that you will ever make. We praise God for you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.